across the sea of character sheets, deep in the forest of D20s lies the mountain of source books. Hello and welcome to the Mountain of Source Books. We hope you enjoyed your climb. My name is Jeffrey Vincent Dale, and this is my sister and co-host, Teach. Hello, everyone. All right, so in this, our inaugural episode, Discussion of News, there's quite a few interesting tidbits that came out over the last week. So first up on the docket, Brandon Sanderson. Uh, I've read a few of his novels. Mistborn Trilogy was really good. But his Stormlight Archive series is getting an official tabletop RPG. Now, I am not familiar with Stormlight or this particular author, so you have a little background of the Stormlight series? I know nothing about the Stormlight series. I have not read them. I do own the, the trilogy on Kindle. I just haven't got around to reading them. Okay. What about anything about the author, Brandon? Uh, Brandon Sanderson, he's he's one of the big names in fantasy right now. He wrote a trilogy of books called Mistborn that I read that were really good. He also, you've probably heard of the Wheel of Time series. Mm-hmm. The author of that series died before he could finish the books, but before his death, he, he knew he was going to be dying. So he prepared an outline for the series and handed the series off to Brandon Sanderson to finish it. Oh, wow. Yeah. No pressure there. I believe his conclusion of the series was pretty well received. I, I think he wrote multiple novels, not just the last one. Uh, wow. I didn't get very far in Wheel of Time. I only read the first book. <laughs> I mean, that's more than me. I think it's 12 books long or something like that. Mm. <laughs> and none of them are short. <laughs> but yeah, the, this this tabletop RPG is set to release in 2024. And they apparently they announced the game after they announced the miniatures they're making for it. Which is interesting choice, but hey, it goes together. But yeah, that'll be interesting to look into. I'm hoping by 2024, I will have read the books. We'll see. I got a long, long backlog of books. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd like to say I have a long backlog of books, but let's be honest, I'm not, not a huge reader. I prefer audiobooks. Uh, I just realized Brandon Sanderson himself is going to be increasing my backlog next year because I backed his Kickstarter. <laughs> hey maybe we'll get to play one of his games yeah we'll see if it's well received I'll, I'll get it i i got the impression from the dice breaker article that we're looking at that the team making it is relatively new to tabletop rpgs they mostly do board games at this point so we'll see and then the next bit of news which we also got from dice breaker was the actual play network dragon Oh, I am super excited about this. Dragon wants to be a Netflix for RPG shows. Yeah, it would be very nice to have like a central hub to find them all. and It would make Discovery way easier. Yeah, just the fact that this is a thing is is super exciting because it, it tells us that there's this larger community of people out there that are really interested in RPGs, RPG shows. Maybe this will get the community out there known. Maybe people be able to actually find each other because we all know how difficult it is to get a team together to play an RPG. Yeah, so we'll see how that turns out. I, I like the idea that they are going to be 
cutting the episodes down into smaller, more digestible chunks. I think yeah. that that will make a big difference for people who would not have previously watched just because of the sheer size of the episodes. <laughs> I know that was why I dropped Critical Role. It's 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 a good show, but I just can't do three to four hours per week of new content. <laughs> just too much. I mean, I guess they would still be producing it at the same rate, but... I would feel less pressured to listen to four hours at once if it were half an hour chunks. That's true. And that'll give viewers the opportunity to either Netflix binge it or just to be able to watch it, stop an episode, and then go do something and then maybe come back to it later. And the fact that they hope to make it free for everyone with a Patreon donation option is is kind of nice yeah i i honestly think that that will be essential in its success is not having to pay a subscription fee because we all are paying way too many subscription fees now yeah and yet with all the subscription fees somehow still cheaper than cable well depends on how many subscriptions you got all right and then our third news item which comes directly from wizards of the coast recently they put out the new packet of playtest materials for 1D and D. I'm pretty excited about this one. The last one was pretty controversial because it made some changes to how criticals worked. Monsters couldn't crit anymore, and uh, rolling a 20 was always a critical success for a player, and rolling a one was always a critical failure for a player, and people didn't quite like that. They did clarify in this update that the changes to criticals aren't a response to the last playtest packet. They just had multiple ways that they wanted to try. And last month they tried one, this month they're trying a different one. And then whichever one is the most successful is the one they're going to go with. Okay, so how how exactly are they playtesting this? They're basically just releasing an unfinished version of the rules as like a free PDF that anyone can download. And then saying, hey, playtest this for us. Tell us what works, tell us what doesn't work. And episode about that we could we would have to make it and turn it around pretty quick though because they're releasing a new packet every month oh yeah so they're releasing a new packet of rules every month they're just how, how long are they going to be doing this for until 2024 when they release the official rules until 2024 yep new rules every month until 2024 well to be clear this is just playtests, so these aren't, like, replacing the existing rules. Well, yeah, but that's still a lot. We'll take out a lot of playtesters, and they have a lot to test. <laughs> I mean, I guess, but... I mean, as we go through, you're going to see the sheer amount of content that's in here, but also the sheer amount that isn't. I, I think okay. that'll help you to help to understand, help to get across the scale of what they need to go through, especially if they're doing multiple versions of some things. Okay, yeah, that's fair. All right, so here's what's in this playtest. They're changing around how feats work. You haven't played much D&D, so you haven't done much leveling up. No. Feats are, when you level up at certain levels, you get the choice to take a feat, which is a new ability that gets applied to your character, and they're changing how those works. First of all, everyone gets one at level one from the start. That's a new thing. You had to level up a couple levels, I think, in order to get your first feat. So they're doing one from the start. They're kind of combining stuff. There were like you had the choice of getting a feat or an ability score increase. Now ability score increase is a feat. They just made it all one thing for the sake of making things clearer. Ah, okay. 
And honestly, it's from what I've read, it sounds like a lot of the plan for one D&D is going to be that condensing things and combining them and simplifying them, which I'm grateful for. Yeah, one of the huge reasons I don't play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons is because of the sheer amount of rules and the sheer amount of work it takes just to become a first-time player. It's too much for a single mom like myself to deal with that. I can't. It, I would have to turn my life into Dungeons and Dragons just to start playing it for like a month and i just don't have the time yeah it's i remember my first character i had no idea what i was doing it was like maybe a year after 5e came out i i tried to make a character on my own without guidance just using the player's handbook and with all the flipping back and forth and all the options i think it took me like two and a half hours yeah my very first and last experience with dungeons and dragons i think it took me about two hours and I had someone that has been playing Dungeons and Dragons for a decade at the time directing me and telling me how to do the rules. I don't remember what rule set it was, but yeah, that was pretty intense. Yeah, so some of the other changes that are happening, I mentioned earlier that they're they're trying different options for critical hits. Mm -hmm. This option that they're doing, technically critical hits themselves remain the same as they are in the player's handbook, but now, if you roll a one, you get a point of inspiration, which is, it kind of works like the luck points in Monster of the Week. Okay. Where you can sort of influence events. You can only have one at a time, though. Ah, okay. Inspiration is a rule that the vast majority of tables seem to ignore. I don't think I've ever played at or run a table that even mentioned it, but it is in the rules. And they're, one of the changes they're trying to make in 1D&D is to make it so that people are actually using it by making it easier to get inspiration. That's a great idea. Magic they're changing. Now anyone who can cast magic can use ritual casting. It used to be restricted to certain classes. Okay. Yeah, I remember that. Or perhaps it was a feat where you could do it. I don't remember. I I haven't spent much time playing magic-based characters, so I'm not familiar with those rules. But now any character that can use magic can do ritual casting. The spell lists have been simplified. Instead of every single class getting a spell list, there are now three spell lists. Okay. <laughs> the arcane spell list, the divine spell list, and the primal spell list. That's a great idea. Simplifying that is going to, one, save a huge amount of time, and two... Based in the book. <laughs> it, yeah. I honestly think when you have too many choices, it kind of takes the fun out of some games, as weird as that sounds. You gotta kind of walk that tightrope, because you have two problems that you could get. You could have so many options that it leads to choice paralysis. Yep. And then you could have so few options that it kind of feels like everything is the same. Yeah. Hopefully, in the course of this playtest, they find a way to avoid either of those problems. Yeah, hopefully. They are reworking classes and subclasses. They're going to rework every class and subclass, which is a lot. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. They said that the final count in the player's handbook when they release it, the, the official one in 2024, they're planning to have 48 subclasses. Good lord. <laughs> so, plenty of choice. Yeah. And they're reworking every class in the player's handbook 
the new player's handbook will have a rework of every class except for Artificer. They are going to be redoing that one, but it's not going to be in the new player's handbook. What's Artificer? It's kind of like a tech mage. People use them to, to make gunslingers in D&D. Ah, okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very unique class, and I would love to play one one day. They're almost treating it as like an extra that's not part of the main game. Ah, okay. So that'll get revised later. The thing about this that makes me most excited, though, is they've an, they're have they focusing on three classes specifically this time. And those are the Bard, the Rogue, and my personal favorite, the Ranger. Now, the Ranger has been, for a long time, considered like the weakest class. But it has, in my opinion, the coolest flavor to it. Basically, the entire point of the Ranger update is to make it better. Okay. And the, the reason they picked these three is because these three classes, above all the other ones that are going to be in the player's handbook, they're all grouped together as expert classes. These people are experts at something. And they're going to be grouping all of the classes together in groups. This is the only one they've officially announced is the expert group. But then presumably next month we'll get another group of a couple of classes. Okay, that is going to make things a lot easier and more understandable. Because usually when I go into a game, I always think, you know what? I want to be healer because that's I I know someone that always goes for the healer. That is a rare commodity. So I always go for the healer, and if I'm going into a game, it's just like, alright, what character can I make into a healer? Oh, these are a lot of choices. This is a lot. Too much. Paralysis. <laughs> yeah, so it, it sounds like the point of the groups is to make it easier to create a balanced party. Yes. Because then you can just have each player pick a class from a group, and then you've got all your bases covered. Yeah, and you've still got a ton of choices after that. Yeah. That'll be super helpful. And that's... Looks like that's it. For uh, all that they're changing. But yeah, that's that's just one packet of, of playtest rules that we discussed here. That's not even talking about last month. And yeah, like I said, it's it's they got a lot to cover. Because they still have most of the classes to cover. They've only covered the new spell list up to level 9. So they've got to add more spells to that. And they're not just playtesting for the player's handbook. They also have to update the monster manual and the game master's guide. They're going to be releasing all three together as a new core rule set. Well, I guess in 2024, we're going to be having some fun. Yeah, we're going to be relearning D&D. <laughs> Woohoo! I'm game. Oh, and another thing... They have said they're going to try and go out of their way to keep 1D&D backwards compatible with 5e. Oh? If you have adventures from 5e, like we're planning on playing through the, the Spelljammer adventure at some point, Light of Xerixis, according to this, their plan is so, to have it so that that adventure will remain playable in 1D&D. That's awesome. Yeah, that's very comforting to hear because I have... Too many adventures. <laughs> yes, I believe you have a a uh, wall of 
D&D inspired or no, you have a wall of RPG stuff and then an entire row set aside for D&D. Yeah, well, right now I'm going to need more shelf space, but right now I have a like storage futon in my room. <laughs> and pretty much that whole futon is just official 5e content Gosh. well okay it's not all official now that i'm thinking about it i do have some lord of the rings content that was third party that's in there but still okay well we'll invest in some uh shelf space in the future for you yeah but yeah that's that's looking like the the biggest news in tabletop right now so i guess it's time for us to move on to our review then Alright, it's review time. This week we're going to be reviewing Monster of the Week. So, what is it? It's a game produced by Evil Hat Productions, released back in 2015. It was built to sort of emulate the feel of Supernatural, Buffy, X-Files, etc. The game uses Powered by the Apocalypse system, which is based on the game Apocalypse World. It's more of a rules light system than something like D&D. The rules have more of a focus on story rather than mechanics. And it contains everything you need to run it or play it, which is really nice. Just one book for everything. You've got 12 hunters, 11 monsters, and two mysteries or adventures. Everything you need for reference or character sheets can be found on www.evilhat.com slash home slash monster of the week or genericgames.co.nz These links we posted in the show notes and on YouTube. Alright, and then that leads us into the basic rules of Monster of the Week. Players choose from one of the 12 playbooks and decide on stats and story details for said characters. As part of character creation, the teams sit down together and choose from playbook-specific questions to answer together and define the relationships between their characters. Each character has the same list of eight basic moves to get them through their investigations, such as protecting someone, acting under pressure, using magic, etc. Each playbook also has its own moves specific to them to give them their own unique way of dealing with problems. Everyone has a set amount of luck points that they can spend in order to either change the outcome of a dice roll, or stop their character from taking damage from an attack. But once all the luck is gone, they become unlikely to survive. The game is mostly conversational, with the players and keeper deciding what happens, but when an action by a player sounds like it fits one of the moves available to a player, they roll two six-sided dice and add the relevant stat to it. If they roll seven and nine, they succeed, but with a catch. If they roll ten or more, it's a success without complications, and in some cases, with an extra positive effect. And just as the players have moves, so does the Keeper. The, these moves are designed to keep the plot moving. Examples are inflicting harm, separating the team, putting a character in peril, or even just asking what the characters do next. And now it's time to make a character of our own. Take it away, Jeff. Alright, so we've got 12 choices for different playbooks. And I have a D12. So... What Jeff is going to do is explain the general synopsis of these. I'm going to roll a die, and that is the one we are going to create. All right, so we've got the Chosen, who is a prophesied hero who's supposed to 
destroy some world-ending threat. And then we have the Crooked, who is sort of a grifter character who is trying to... They used to be involved in the underworld, the criminal underworld, and now they're trying to stop magical threats. So, bad guy gone good type thing, or... It looks like that's what they're going for. I don't know that you necessarily have to be going good so much as just have a reason to go against those threats. You were involved in crime, and then you happen to use those skills to take on supernatural threats. All right, uh, next up is the Divine, who is... The way that they have it worded in here, it kind of sounds a lot like a paladin from D&D, where you have holy power that you can bring to bear against evil. Got it. The next up is the Expert... The one I chose. Yes, and this is really sort of a, a person who's all about taking on supernatural threats. Like, that's that's their thing. They're prepared for anything, pretty much. You're a giant nerd that knows a bunch of stuff about supernatural. And you use that to defeat your enemies. In my case, I made an expert that's basically a healer, Margaret Grace... Oh, excuse me, Dr. Margaret Grace. Next up is The Flake, which is heavily inspired by Agent Mulder from X-Files. It's the person that can see connections between everything and is always looking for the truth and kind of sort of a little bit conspiracy-ish. Not saying it's alien, but... Then next up is The Initiate, who is a person who is involved in... A sort of secret organization whose the whole entire purpose of the organization is to fight against evil. And then we have the Monstrous, which is, as you can guess from the title, an individual who is part monster. Either they turn into one, or they're stuck as one, or something like that, depending on how you build it. I'm just thinking of Fiona from Shrek right now. Yeah, kind of. Specifically, I have Shrek the Musical playing in my head. I don't know if any of our fans are into musicals, but if you are, Shrek the Musical, surprisingly good. But I digress. All right, let's see. Then we got the mundane. Their whole thing is that they're not special. That's their whole thing. They're, they're really more of a character who pulls their weight in interactions and in luck, rather than combat or knowledge. Oh, 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 that reminds me of the person from Deadpool 2, the random person that joined his team that was just had absolutely no superpowers. He was just kind of some old guy. I still haven't seen Deadpool 2. <laughs> Why? They did add it to Disney Plus recently, so I, I have easy access to it now. So Yeah, by that. yeah, you, you need to watch that. I look forward to it. Okay. All right. Next up is The Professional, who is a person whose entire nine-to-five job is hunting monsters. I'm not sure if that's supposed to be something that gets you paid in this game, or... I don't, I don't know. It says deal with the agency, so I guess you're a member of an, an agency. I was thinking of, like, the Winchesters from Supernatural. Okay. Yeah, my brain went to My Hero Academia. Yeah, it doesn't sound too far off. Obviously different genre, but of course. in terms of like basic concept. Yeah. You have a agency where you send people out and 
you deal with supernatural. Well, I mean, it can also kind of sort of be like Ghostbusters, I guess, only with not just ghosts. Yeah, that's a good point. All right. And then next up is the Spell Slinger, who, I mean, the name kind of says it all. You got lots and lots of magic. Yes, all of the magic slinging at people. Next up is the Spooky, which does not have the most descriptive name. Is that the one where it's an actual supernatural being that is fighting other supernatural beings? Yeah, it it is more supernatural. It's similar in concept to the Spell Slinger, but you don't have to, like, cast the spells. They're, like, natural abilities. So, like, Eleven from Stranger Things, where she's got telekinesis and telepathy. Well, I don't think she has telepathy, but that is an ability... You have in this game to let. Me. All right. Well, I've never seen Stranger Things, so. Well, we both have mistakes to correct. Ah, okay. <laughs> All right. The last one is the wronged. Another one where the title's pretty descriptive. It's you lost someone to the supernatural, and now you're kind of out for vengeance. Okay, and I have a D12 in my hand. Let's roll. And I got seven. The monstrous. The monstrous. Okay. The first question is, we have to decide if we were always this way, or if we were originally human and were transformed into whatever this creature is. Okay. Let's go with we've always been this way. And what name would our monster parents give us? Fiona. All right, we can go with that. Let's do it! All right, so... Were we always fighting for good, or were we evil and changed sides? We're looking for our magical prince. No. Let's go with... We've always been fighting. We have to pick a curse next. We have a list of four curses that we can choose from. We have... We have to feed, where we have to subsist on living humans, or we have a vulnerability that we're weak to. We have a pure drive, where... It says, when you, whenever you have a chance to indulge in that emotion, you must do so immediately or act under pressure to resist. So, like, if there's a reason for our character to be angry, we have to react with anger. Uh, and then our fourth option would be the Dark Master. We won't be going with that one because that requires us to serve an evil overlord. It says that the evil overlord doesn't know you've changed sides, but that will require us to have worked on the evil side in the first place, and we decided we started off good. So that one doesn't apply, so we're doing one of the other three. Okay. Okay, so we need either a need to feed, a vulnerability, or a drive, a pure drive, as our weakness. Let's go with pure drive, and we'll go with joy. Because that would be hilarious. Just any chance she experiences joy, she must sing! (laughs) Trying to turn our game into a musical, eh? (laughs) Yes! We'll go with natural attacks next. Alright. Got teeth, claws, magical force, life drain. Yeah, there's the four base and then the extras that we add on to them. So we can either pick one base attack with an extra attached to it, or two base attacks. Extra, add plus one to base, add ignore armor to base, add an extra range to base. 
honestly, all three of the extras are great. I, I say we go with one base and then we add an extra to it. And then, yeah, I was thinking magical force, ignore armor. Okay. All right. We'll go with that. And then we're going to pick our moves. So we pick two monstrous moves. Okay, two monstrous moves, immortal, you do not age or sicken, never you suffer harm, a natural peel, roll plus weird instead of charm when you try to manipulate someone, unholy strength. Incorporeal would be cool. I don't know that it would make any sense whatsoever for the character we're creating, but it's a cool ability. Oh, yeah, you may move freely through solid objects, but not people. Until dominion, quenchable vitality. When you've taken harm, you can heal yourself. You can use manipulation of someone. Oh, monster. Oh, we gotta do shapeshifter. Yeah, that'd be cool. You may change your form. Decide if you have just one alternate form or several and detail them. Okay, so shapeshifter for sure. And you picked the last one. Okay, well, flight wouldn't be necessary because we can already turn into a flying monster or flying creature. Exactly. You know what? The attack that we picked was not very strong. So let's go with Claws of the Beast to get a plus one to harm. Okay, Claws of the Beast. We got an ogre that will sing and dance when she gets super joyous with magical force, claws, and can shift into multiple things. And then we'll go to gear. Okay. So we get to pick one weapon if we want. It is kind of a funny image in my head of a large ogre barely able to fit their finger through the trigger guard for a 38 revolver, but <laughs> we would probably better off picking a close range weapon. I was thinking brass knuckles. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Princess Fiona with brass knuckles and pronouns. She, her pick one from each list. Oh, our, this is our look. Okay. Yeah. So, We'll do monstrous unless she turns into a princess, or do we want to do almost human and then she turns later? Let's go with monstrous and then she can shapeshift later. Okay. Sinister aura, powerful aura, dark aura, unnerving aura, energetic aura. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll probably go with energetic since that, that fits with the... Uh... Joyful drive. <laughs> All right, and then the clothes. We'll probably just go with like casual clothes. Yeah, because they would. I would. I would think that they would want to fit in as much as possible. Casual clothes. There we go. And then the rating system. So, since we've got a lot of close range combat, I would suggest that we go with more tough. So. Charm minus one, cool minus one, sharp zero, tough plus two, weird plus three. Yeah, that'd be the one that I would pick. And next item, when you get here, wait for everyone, catch up. Yeah, we, we won't be doing the, uh, oh, the, the group. introductions because that requires a group. That's true. Okay. But we do have our monster breed that we suggested we were going to do an ogre. Yes. So that would be 
it's not on the list, but I mean, the whole point of the game is to just tell a story. So, so let's see if there's a stat block for an ogre in like the bestiary that we can pull inspiration from. Oh, wait, no, a uh, fairy curse, pure drive, joy, natural attacks. Yeah, let's do. Yeah, I mean, it looks like we basically gave all those abilities. Yeah. So we could just say, screw it, she's an ogre. Yeah, it, it does look like this is more like if you're struggling to decide on abilities and stuff, here's some ideas. Okay. I'm not sure why they put that so far down, where it's almost at the bottom of the character sheet. But, you know, so that's an improvement that I would I would suggest. <laughs> yeah. All right. So this is a an ogre who can turn into a princess with brass knuckles. That is super energetic, casual in clothes, and will murder you, essentially, in close range. Yes. <laughs> okay. Not the most serious character, but nobody said that it has to be serious just because it's a horror game. I mean, it's fun. Gotta have fun. I'm bad at, <laughs> I'm bad at horror. I always want to add comedy to horror. Hey, that's fine. One of my favorite horror movies of all time is Killer Clowns from Outer Space, and that is definitely not a scary movie. <laughs> all right, so that is it for character creation. I'm pretty happy with the character. Uh, yeah, I am super happy. So uh, let's move on to our feelings on the system. Just so you all are aware, we have a review system that is a pass fail or exceeds so general rules what do we say fail pass exceeds i will say that it passes i like that it's keeps things simple and story focused but at the same time there were a few times like when we were playing near the beginning where we were doing investigate a mystery with those uh dream sequences and i just had no idea what to do. I feel like I could have used a little bit more maybe description or structure or something in that to sort of help me figure out how to apply that Okay. to that situation a little better. Uh, it, it was a little bit of a unique situation, so it's it. most people probably won't have a problem there. But All right. Overall, I like the rules. I did run into a situation where they failed me a bit, but that's about it. I would say it passes as well. It was really fun, but in order for it to be exceeds, it would, ha I felt like it didn't, it almost didn't have enough rules. Like it wasn't as challenging as it could have been, but it, it was still fun. So I'll, I'll give it a pass. And how about character creation? Honestly, I think that might be my favorite part of the game because it, it just does such a great job of helping you come up with your character your abilities allowing for uniqueness while still having your character fit like their role yes it has suggestions but it has so much freedom for you to design your own character i mean we just we, we just designed fiona from shrek so <laughs> i mean can't beat that so you want to put it at exceeds yeah, we'll put it at exceeds. Okay. Exceeds it is. All right, price. All right, yeah, so the, the physical version of the game is usually at $25. 
And the digital version of the game is at $12. It's a PDF. That is everything. I would say that exceeds. Yeah, in, in comparison to something like D&D, where you need three separate books to really run it, there's indie games that are, a lot of indie games that are around this price. Okay, well, that's fair enough. I would say their price exceeds as well. Yeah, I personally would rate it at a pass. It passes. Like, it's, it's, it's a good price for what you get, especially that digital. And on top of that, what makes it even better is that really, if you're, if you're playing with people, the character sheets tell you everything you need for character creation. Those are free online. And there's a quick reference sheet for all the basic moves. That's free online. So really, if you're just playing, you can use those free resources. So every person that has to buy it is the That's why I would argue that it exceeds, because in order to play it, it's basically free. All right, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll buy that argument. I'll up it to and exceeds. Okay. All right, next is combat. Yeah, this one is probably going to be shorter than the combat section. Combat review section usually will be because it's really kind of just one rule. Yeah. You just roll plus your tough stat. And then as long as you get, let's see, a seven or up. Yeah, if it's seven to nine, you inflict harm to each other. That means that you harm the thing you're trying to harm, but it also harms you. And then if you get a 10 or higher on your roll, that still happens, but you get an extra effect, whether that's plus one forward, plus one harm, minus one harm to yourself from the attack from the enemy, or you force the enemy where, the, where you physically want them to be. I don't know how to rate this one, to be honest. Yeah, it's serviceable. I mean, it, it's, the game isn't really about that. I would give it a pass. Just because, I mean, it gets the job done. All right. Well, here's a question. How about if you're looking for combat, does it pass? I, I would say it's not really a feature of the system. It's it's there because it needs to be there. It, it's not like D&D where there's whole pages and pages of rules for combat. It, it's just the one rule. There might be a little bit more for magic now that I'm looking at it. Okay. So we'll go with pass. And then pick up and play. So this is basically how easy is it to just pick up this book and start playing? I would say as a player, it exceeds because it's... It's super simple. Yeah, it's literally they, you need two pages and you have your entire character sheet and all the rules you need to remember to play. 100% agree. Yeah, it's 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 great. For them. Yeah, there's there's no debate that just picking it up and starting it was super easy. There weren't really many questions I had about designing the character, and it's just it's a fun game, super simple. If you are thinking about starting out on a game, this would probably be your best bet because of the price, the fact that in order to create a character at all, it's basically free on those websites that I mentioned. So, yeah. And, yeah, and the... Oh, and, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. And even as a, a, a DM or keeper, as the official term of the game is, it's still really simple. Obviously, you still have to put in the effort to come up with the mystery that's being solved. 
They do give supplements for that. Like they include a few adventures, a few mysteries in the book, and then they sell a separate book of almost all mysteries. To be fair, if you can't come up with a cohesive mystery or story yourself, you really shouldn't be a game master period of anything. No offense. (laughs) Running mysteries can be pretty difficult depending on sometimes it's difficult to make sure that your players are catching on to the clues and also to not give too much away too early. So I, I would suggest taking a look at the included mysteries to sort of help out with that, help figure out your pacing and all that. That's fair enough. But yeah, they, they give you lots of tools for coming up with your own. Like there's some included monsters in the bestiary suggestions for characters that you can have as NPCs. Just th- there's a lot in that book to help you out if you are running the game. So I would still say that that's an exceeds even as a DM. Now our last section is just our overall thoughts. So my concluding thoughts are this is a great starter game. If you're not super familiar with tabletop games and you just kind of want to dip your toes in it, I think this is a good one. Yeah, overall, I agree. Kind of wish that it included more monsters in the book because there was only a very small handful but then again i'm i'm spoiled by D where there are literally books and books of monsters so <laughs> it, it gives you everything you need to come up with your own so if you really had to you could look around at tv shows for inspiration and then just look through the rules and figure out how to adapt monsters into the rules but yeah if you want to get it pretty easy to find that's uh, one of the more popular indie games out there. You can find it at your local game or bookstore. You can buy it on Amazon. You can buy it direct from Evil Hat Productions on their website. Buy it direct. Yeah, it probably would be best to buy it direct because they get a higher cut that way. Yes. Uh, And they they also sell it on DriveThruRPG if you want to buy the PDF. Okay. So far, as as for uh, supplementary content, the only thing that they've made available so far is the Tome of Mysteries, which that is also a pretty good book. And speaking of the Tome of Mysteries, you can hear us play through one of those mysteries right here on the Mountain of Source books. You can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Just search Mountain of Source books or follow the links in the show notes. It would really help us out if you could like, subscribe, and leave reviews on all those. It raises our visibility and makes it easier for people on those platforms to find us. We not only do podcasts about tabletop games, we also have a Twitch stream where we go live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday night playing all kinds of other games. Check us out at MOSB underscore cast and follow us on Twitter at MOSB underscore 2022 and our Facebook page, Mountain of Sourcebooks, for all the latest Mountain of Sourcebook updates. All right, and with all that said, thank you for listening, and careful on your way back down the mountain.